0: They removed you for not going along with whatever the tech narrative is, because tech clearly has uh, a censorship agenda when it comes to COVID, in terms of treatment, in terms of the wh- whether or not you are promoting what they would call vaccine hesitancy. They can ban you for that. They can ban you for, in, in their eyes, what they think is a justifiable offense. And they're doing this, and I don't know who these people are that are doing this, but they're doing these this, one of the most important things about you reading out your history like that is to one of the most qualified people in the world to talk about vaccines. The
1: point is, if if I'm not, if, if it's not okay for me to be part of the conversation, even though I'm pointing out scientific facts that may be inconvenient, then who is, who can be allowed? It starts to touch on some fundamental constitutional principles about rights of free speech. Well, most certainly, but also
0: how disturbing it is for someone who's not an academic like myself to watch people like you get silenced.
2: That was the number one podcaster in the world, Joe Rogan, on his show, The Joe Rogan Experience, interviewing Dr. Robert Malone, the creator of the mRNA vaccines that everybody's using today because of COVID, and he, Dr. Robert Malone, has just heard he's being silenced. What in the world is going on? We're gonna talk about this today on Insights, the podcast of Forerunners of America. We're, We're here every time to warn the nation from a biblical perspective. We're hoping we can add that piece, which we're often not getting uh, elsewhere, especially on on news outlets and so forth. And we're here to help you respond in faith, because we want to know the way forward, don't we? And so that's what we're going to do today. And we'll start with uh, some comments about Joe Rogan and Dr. Robert Malone. We'll be quickly branching off in a bunch of areas, including we are going to talk about why— social media platforms why even though they're privately owned americans um, specifically christians should really not go home thinking everything's okay that they're legally okay uh, because they're a private platform, therefore they can do whatever they want. It should be a red flag, and it has not been within the Church, and we need to be alerted to that piece as well as many other aspects of this. So, to help unpack this today, I have with me uh, Dave Brody from the Middle East, who's been with us before, and uh, welcome, Dave. Thank you. How's good it, to be here. How's it going reaching the Middle East for Christ this week?
0: Friendly people. It's it's good to, good to meet people as we go out in the
2: neighborhood. Awesome. And uh, I think many of us are familiar with Than Christopoulos, both from—hi, Than—both from this Insights podcast, which he's been on a number of times before, but also because of his apologetics wing of Forerunners of America helping us stand firm, know why we believe what we believe, slay those doubts of the faith, and so Than has always been ministering to us, at least for the last several months in that area. And uh, and uh, thank you, Thane, for joining us as well. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, we need to jump in because we don't want this to be the longest podcast ever. Um, we want to get to some key points. So just starting off here with Joe Rogan um, uh, interviewing Dr. Malone. And I want to hear what both of you think, but I want to set it up this way— um, if you take all of the the biggest names from um, cable news so Fox and CNN let's just grab the biggest names it would be uh, Tucker Carlson it would be Sean Hannity uh, Laura Ingram from the Fox News side and you know each of them might get between uh you know two million two and a half million viewers per night whatever and then you let's just take um some of the the top ones from CNN and that would be Anderson Cooper who might have a little over a million uh, when people watching him each evening and then um And then Don Lemon, maybe a little under a million. But anyway, we take all the biggest names from from Fox and CNN. They don't have, combined, they don't have as big of an audience as Joe Rogan, who we just saw that clip of. And so we're talking about an enormously influential person. And what happened was, as soon as they got this three-hour podcast, uh, Joe Rogan Experience, finished, there was a third party that put it up at YouTube, and what was it done at YouTube? It was taken down. So, you know, it's clearly there's just crazy stuff going on. And, um, and uh, what what thoughts do you have about about Joe Rogan and and what's been going on here?
0: Well, I, I think the uh, a big reason for the popularity of Joe Rogan is that he has free speech, and he allows free speech on his. Platform, and that's what people are hungry for. The mainline media has been declining for some time.
2: So, what's really interesting about that is Joe Rogan is truly not left or right. He's not pro-vax against the vax. He's whatever. He, he always drills down with his guests, and he he even promoted right after this. Uh, there was somebody that had a different take on things than Doctor. Robert Malone, who we had just interviewed, and he pushed it out to all of his constituencies so we can see all sides. By the way, isn't that refreshing and that we're not getting that from so many other news outlets? Isn't that tell- yep. telling about where we're at?
1: Yeah, that's the big thing for me, at least. It's, um, the big thing that I've noticed is there's a lot of platforms out there that allow that free speech. They're all about it. But then the majority of the big ones that we see out there, they'll disguise the powering of censorship as COVID guidelines or anything like that. They'll say like they pretty much want to label things as misinformation or whatever it might be. And that's pretty much the tool that they use to censor people um, under the guise of authority being correct or whatever it might be. So. That's the big thing that I've noticed.
2: Right, and I hope that, uh, especially within the body of Christ, but beyond the body of Christ, I hope we're all seeing this. I cannot believe how we're, as a nation, following what I would say are clearly agendaized voices. There's something else up. It smells funny. It doesn't seem right, and all this kind of thing. Um, So before we move on to a whole bunch of other current things that are going on, sticking with... Uh, this podcast. It was interesting for me to uh, read an article from the New York Post about uh, this interview with Dr. Malone that Joe Rogan had. And it, it used phrases like this rogue scientist, this disgraced scientist. I mean, yeah, I <laughs> saw that. Are you kidding me? If you listen to the whole three hours or just listen to 10 minutes. And we'll put the link, by the way, you can still find this at Spotify. We'll put that link in the description of this podcast, whether you're watching it YouTube, Spotify, or SoundCloud, Cloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, we'll get this in the description. Anyway, but just listen to part of the interview. It's one of the most calm, measured, scientifically rooted, honest perspective, and I would say even humbled by Dr. Malone. So here we got him name-calling from mainstream media, rogue scientist, disgraced scientist. He wasn't disgraced at all. He's trying to get the truth out at great personal cost.
0: Yeah. I mean, if anyone is qualified to give some alternative side of the story, here's this guy who's... Eminently qualified, Harvard and everything trained. Part of the DNA, RNA vaccine, and he he was part of of, of working on that. uh And then the, on top of that, in the he's very careful how he speaks and didn't go out on a limb. I'm like, well, why are people are doing this? And he would say, well, I I don't know motives, but he was very careful just to say what he knew.
1: Right. Yeah. The so if there's anything that I want people to get out of this, it's It's two things. Um, You'll hear the word agenda or biases and all that stuff being pushed around when it comes to these types of conversations all the time. And let's just be honest here. Everybody has an agenda. Everybody has a bias, right? Right. That doesn't really matter so long as we can look at the evidence for what it says and we can interpret the data and have rational discussion about the data. Um, And then second of all, If there's anything I really hope people can get out of this, it's the ability to see past rhetoric. So for instance, like you said, Dave, they're they're calling him a rogue scientist. But what does it actually mean to be a rogue scientist, right? It's just a fancy way of saying, this is a guy that doesn't agree with the people that want the power,
2: right? Mm -hmm yeah he's so not agreeing. what are you with, going he, he's not yeah. he's what not a from he's not agreeing with the people that you're supposed to agree with according to them, whoever exactly. they are and it's just so pejorative uh, ridiculous, honestly, I can't believe that that the post did that,
1: yeah exactly so. Okay. Yeah, so, I I implore people to be able to see past that kind of stuff. That's all.
2: Yeah. Maybe as we continue here today, Than, if you you hear that uh, uh, from me or Dave or any of the articles that I'm quoting and so forth, maybe you can help identify that because thinking critically, understanding when there's an ad hominem ad hominem argument versus a uh, reasonable argument, like attacking the person, which honestly that was with uh, against Dr. Malone. Dr. Malone also in that interview he talks about how the Atlantic Monthly, that's supposed to be a reputable Reputable journal, The Atlantic Monthly had a hit piece on him, and that's that's even just mm-hmm. hearing a few bits and pieces about that is worth hearing. Doctor Malone, in terms of how he defends himself, like and he and you know obviously he's not making any money off this. The people that speak out against the narrative are often chastised, ostracized, um, and uh, and have to deal with these. Um, these fallacies thrown against against them and that's what
0: they'll often do they, they'll they don't want to argue the issues they'll either call what you're saying misinformation and that's the end of the discussion or they'll attack the person giving the information mm-hmm. but they don't argue about the information itself
2: exactly the- it's unbelievable how much this has happened now to, to help illustrate this Dr. Scott Jensen, who I've quoted before, but it's been a while. He's the medical doctor in Minnesota who is also on the Minnesota in the Minnesota State Legislature. Um, he has been trying to have his voice out there more and more, and he's been doing a pretty good job. He's actually running for governor of Minnesota here in 2022. But anyway, he said to, he said he was ashamed of 200 doctors that came out after the Joe Rogan interview of Dr. Malone and said that these 200 doctors were calling for uh Dr uh Malone to be censored. Okay, this again I'm bringing this up for a couple of reasons. One, it's just a, a, a egregious example of shutting down free speech that we'll get there later today about why we need as Christians to fight for free speech. Um and we'll obviously root that in the Bible, but but that that We are in a nation now where rather than being one of the 200 doctors and you yourself are so ashamed that you would even suggest shutting down another voice, it shows where we are in America. You you would never have said this. Um, Let's say my my people, (laughs) uh, people that can identify with me, 50 and older, okay. We should all remember America where this was not part of the equation. You could say anything because that's what the First Amendment uh, uh guarantees for us anybody can say anything but in... this is the, this is the
0: the change of the spirit you know uh, back in the 70s we had you know the liberals who were for free speech they had the free speech movement you know protesting about Vietnam and all these things going on and and in a sense I mean, that was a good thing that they were they were free you know advocating free speech but those same people some of them, evolved as the leaders of the new left. They're against free free, free speech. Now that they're the ones in power, they're saying, no, no, no. You have to (laughs) line. what we want to say.
2: Okay. So bringing that up to speed here, just yesterday, I mean, I cannot believe how much stuff just naturally comes across the internet or my email related to this very topic today of how Free speech in America is being eroded. But just yesterday, Dan Bongino, you know the conservative commentator, he was permanently, not temporarily, not temporarily, permanently, uh, deplatformed from YouTube. Just. Yesterday, And he's already going to rumble. He was already said. He said, he, as they interviewed him about it, this is just ridiculous. They're deplatforming me as I move now to, uh, to rumble anyway. Any and he had over 800,000 subscribers at YouTube. He had uh, over 2 million followers uh, on Twitter. And it's okay. We've gone from a situation where you literally are not allowed to say anything, which the First Amendment, again, uh, guarantees that right to do. So now it doesn't even matter what how big your voice is. we're still going to shut you down and silence you in all of this. And so you know, there's a number of, of troubling things here, and I, I do want to start to uh touch on why this should matter for us as Christians, and that is that if they can shut down people on any topic—and I really don't care if whether we're talking about LGBTQ issues because now you're full of hate speech and you must be deplatformed, or we're talking about a vaccine, or we're just talking about whether or not to wear a mask, and what does the science say? If if we're seeing this kind of stuff happen, it is only a matter of time until they'll censor parts of the Bible, and they will eventually censor the gospel itself. If you didn't have the Christian connection to what's going on in the world today in real time. Dan Bongino, taken off yesterday, which uh, we're recording this on January 28th, so that was January 27th. If you don't sense what's going on here— please wake up. This is a moment for the body of Christ to wake up now. And while we still have a voice to stave off this kind of evil that will come our way. It's not if, oh, well, poor Dan Bongino, poor Dr. Malone, poor this, poor that. It doesn't matter. They eventually, this is how it always works out. They go after you, You, whatever you're, position is on whatever topic, they'll eventually shut you down, and you need to be aware of that today. That's why as Christians, fundamentally, although we're going to talk about many other things, that's fundamentally why we need to, to fight the good fight here of faith, which means uh, free speech for our nation. I feel like I'm in a sermon, Dave. That was intense. you know that's part of the reason i have you guys on here with me because i could probably keep rolling for 40 more minutes and that's not what this is about uh but we need to we need to yeah uh share our hearts on this yeah
1: no i i i i uh i share my heart in a different way because i'm just not as a (laughs) right
2: you're much you're much much more of a teacher and i'm much more of a a profit personality which which tends to get a little worked up
1: no, I know I like it, though. I just don't have that in me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm in agreement with you. Um, it just, this directly affects many different areas of the Christian faith. I mean, the Great Commission is at risk through this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, there's, there's so many different things that are affected by the Christian faith. At what point is the Bible going to be considered hate speech? At what point is open worship of Jesus Going to be considered hate speech. And we have to take this seriously and make sure that our rights are protected, but not just our rights. I think we also have moral obligations as followers of Christ to protect the rights of people, even those who disagree with us or are enemies of the faith as well.
2: Right. You know, it's been said many times, and I don't mean to be trite here, but it's true, and I need to say it. And that is, I might disagree with what you're saying but I will defend with my life your right to say what you're saying. You shut anything down and you end up uh, eventually heading down a path that that yep. really is going to be... Uh,
1: I I completely agree. I um, So one of the things I'm very, at least on, on my side of stuff, like on the social media, um, granted this is apologetics-wise, right? But I, I, I'm the first person to come and defend an atheist or anti-Christian content creator uh, because I've seen Christians too many times trying to report channels like that to deplatform them. And I'm the first person to speak up and say, stop doing that. They're not doing anything wrong. This is their right to speak out and say what they want to say. Um, Hmm. And so I think from one end, we have to fight and defend our rights and the rights of others. But on the other end, we have to be very careful as well not to be hypocrites and try to silence other people and do the very same thing we're trying to fight for ourselves for.
2: Right. So, Dave, you're, you're obviously in a, a Muslim environment. It's not like you're walking around saying, hey, we need to shut Muslims down and we need to get the Christian voice out there. It's like, hey, let everybody talk. Let's hear what Allah has to say. Let's hear what the Quran has to say. Let's talk about the Bible. Let's debate. Let's have some healthy sense here of, of debate. And that's what I believe it should be.
0: Yeah, I don't know why there's all this fear of, you know, the other side presenting their case, because I tend to take all the Gamaliel approach, Mm -hmm. which is, well, this this comes from when the the, um, disciples were, the apostles were arrested, and they were thinking about killing them. And Gamaliel was basically the one who stood up, this is in Acts chapter 5, and said, look, if this... If this is not from God, it will die out on its own. But if it is from God, we get find ourselves fighting against God. And so, in a sense, it's the same way with truth. If something is not really does not really have evidence behind it, it's going to die out on its own. You don't have to worry. So I don't know why these people are so uptight.
2: Right um, on that. Vane, another uh, voice, kind of a surprising one, another voice just in the news here in the last few days including the last few weeks but i'm saying very recently most recently um is uh nfl quarterback of the green bay packers aaron Rodgers, and talk about the grief he's taken for not wanting to take the vaccine you know he's actually looking at the science and the data for himself which i think we're all allowed, allowed to do at least i think we are in this country uh you know and he uh and he has just really said some powerful things connected to what you just said, Dave, like here, let me find this. Um, He says, um, we're, we're censoring dissenting opinions, question mark. I mean, feel the the sarcasm in his voice. Like, really? That's what we're doing now in America. He says, uh, we're censoring dissenting opinions. What are we trying to do? Save people from being able to determine the validity on their own or to listen and to think about things and come to their own conclusion, freedom of speech is dangerous now if it doesn't align with the mainstream narrative. That's, I think, first and foremost what I want want people to understand, and what people should understand is that there is censorship in this country going on right now. Oh, oh wow. and he goes on to say, like, how come here, let me just catch this. How come uh, people in these categories are not being censored? Pedophiles, terrorists, and criminals. Twitter doesn't think about taking them down. YouTube's, oh, go ahead and post your videos, you know? Let's have a party. And here, he's saying, how come people are doing this to us? I mean, it's just stunning. Now, mm-hmm. sadly, sadly, so few are speaking speaking out on this, and— um was kind of expanding, and then we got to move back into the Christian realm a little bit more here, uh, let's say quite a bit more. Um, but, you know, Dr. Scott Jensen, going back to him from Minnesota, he said that Dr. Fauci, pushing the narrative, of course, that we have out there, um, he, in arrogance— Disregarded what's a document that 60,000 medical doctors, medical professionals signed. And 60,000 said, what we're doing with lockdowns is not right, and and how we're approaching this whole thing. Well, here we are now, two years into this, and Dr. Fauci has led America into the highest death toll of the world. And Dr. Fauci has led us with, I would say, a great supporting cast of the media, um, and also censorship and the things we're talking about today, where other voices are just not being heard. But this is Dr. Uh, Jensen's point, is what in the world was Dr. Fauci doing disregarding 60 thousand of his colleagues, and yet you hardly hear about it. It, it was all in the De- Great Barrington Declaration, and and when you try to find the Great Barrington Declaration, it often says things like hoax or whatever. It's bizarre. It's unbelievable the lengths that are going on to to stop this, um, to stop free speech. So to set the table a little bit more on why this should matter to Christians and why we should be fighting for free speech, uh, let me just highlight a couple um uh, parts of Timothy Zebel's article. He just quoted it, or quoted it, he just posted it at the Forerunners of America website, forerunnersofamerica.org. If you want to look up the article there, it's uh, near the top of the homepage. But uh, but anyway, the, the, the title of the article is Court Decides Whether Quoting the Bible is a Crime. Now, this is, as you read the article, this is all about Finland and uh, what the former uh, Finnish interior minister and medical doctor, Pai V. Rasanen, I believe is the name of, of this uh, uh, person, but obviously a leader, and, and she's on trial for things that she has said are uh, related to LGBTQ, and also uh, the Lutheran bishop, Johanna Pajola, or Pajola um, they've been charged with agitation against an ethnic Group, which is the LGBT community. And they're trying to quote the Bible. And this court case um, started in 2019. But what, what Timothy Zebel highlights here is that um, according to a 2011 update to the Finnish criminal code, it says this a person who makes available to the public or otherwise spreads among the public or keeps available for the public information, an expression of opinion or another message. Where a certain group is threatened, defamed, or insulted on the basis of its sexual orientation shall be sentenced for ethnic agitation to to a fine or to imprisonment for at most two years. so that that happened in uh, in twenty eleven when they updated that to with that verbiage and then this court case started in twenty nineteen and hopefully here um uh in the next uh let's see here. Uh, in March, hopefully, they'll be giving a decision one way or the other. But this affects other countries. We see this um, again, as Zebel points out, that um, it took from 2011 to 2019 when this court case started, took about eight years. But in America, Oberfeld versus Hodges, the Supreme Court that mandated gay marriage for every uh, person in all 50 states, when that happened, that was June 2015. So we're gonna be this coming June will be at seven years. And so now is this kind of court case is gonna to start to percolate here in this country. And I think if we've been following the LGBTQ narrative on mainstream media and what's been going on uh, in culture, it seems very likely. And so so What's bizarre about this is in Finland, Christianity is the state religion, and yet they're talking about how the Bible um, needs uh, to—you can't preach parts of the Bible and this kind of thing. So we see this kind of stuff coming potentially to America as well, probably already here to some degree. Of course, Canada, we're seeing this. So the long and the short of it is we need to take action now as believers, or they're literally going to tell us there's certain parts of the Bible that we're not allowed to read or preach on. So, I mean, again, we'll, we'll eventually lose this, we'll eventually lose the gospel. Um, other thoughts on why this battle should matter to Christians?
0: Well, we just need to be stronger, too, as just, just in ourselves, not just in, in how we debate with the world, but because there are some Christians, some in the church, who would agree that maybe some parts of the Bible should not be uh, quoted. Hmm. You know, and so we need to really train ourselves to to see the, the the value of the Word of God.
2: Boy, Dave, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, I wasn't thinking about, but our last podcast, contending for the faith, uh, these kinds of things. That's from Jude, verse three: uh, contend for the faith. We need to contend for the faith within our churches because you're right. Because when we we don't say anything within the church. Uh, On these issues, it's actually church people that are agreeing with, with the broader narrative, which is coming from secular culture. And another aspect of this whole thing that I believe is part of the underpinnings here that need to be addressed with fighting for free speech is that in the church, we're censoring ourselves. Like, why aren't we speaking out? Like, well, well I don't know, somebody, uh, somebody in the church might not, might not like it, or they might not attend my church anymore. Look, the Word of God is the Word of God. It's truth. And we are going to find ourselves slipping into the same stuff as broader culture. But instead, we censor ourselves. It's the same thing, though, with social media. We don't want to say something because somebody will unfriend me or whatever. I think we need to choose our battles wisely. As believers, we're supposed to be salt and light in the culture, and not to do so, it's negligence on our part. Yeah, I
0: saw a, a friend of mine posted a, a devotional written by, I think it was written by the church, uh, on Romans chapter 1, and it, it conveniently stopped just before those those verses are acceptable to some people.
1: Yeah, it, I'm, I'm in total agreement here. The, this is, Dave, you already know this, David, you might, but and I'm, that's how I'm gonna address you guys from now on. Is Dave and David? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Dave, you probably already know this, but the um, one of my main focuses, like exploring reality, a side effect of what I do is going out and having open debate and rational discussion with non-believers and enemies of the faith. But the big thing is training the church to be able to think critically know how to think and know how to address the tough questions, know these internal struggles as well. Um, and so I'm all about that. I think that's where it all starts. Cause sure we can have some, some good, great minds, great Christian minds that can go out and do some work on their own. But I think we are all in agreement when I say the stronger the churches all together, the better and more effective we can be.
2: Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, Speaking like that with the Church more broadly, I actually believe the Church is the one entity in America that could actually move the pendulum back toward free speech. That's if we will be courageous enough and bold enough to address this topic from the Scriptures on Sunday morning and why it's vital that all people get to share their voice. I uh, I think of one... Uh, a person I know that uh, um, in his 30s, but he grew up in a a solid church, but they never addressed these issues. And when Alex Jones was taken down, um, this is back in 2019, so it's really not the inflammatory cultural environment that we have today, but back then. And he was like, yeah, that guy needed to be taken down. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. So we violate his First Amendment rights um, because we don't personally like him. And uh, Alex Jones is a lightning rod. He's inflammatory in these kinds of things. But the thing is, is now what do we see? And again, Timothy Zeebo wrote an a article back on there. And by the way, we'll put the links in the description again for both of these articles by by uh, Timothy Zeebel. This one's dated June 19th, 2019, and and uh, he only talks about Alex Jones briefly, but he talks about all kinds of things that were going on in 2019 related to this issue. And this article is called Big Tech's War on Truth by Timothy Zebel. Anyway, the long and the short of it is is that we in the church need to hear preaching on how God uses truth and how the truth needs a platform and how we are should be advocating for free platforms everywhere, whether it's a, a religious topic or not, we should be advocating for this because we will eventually, uh, uh, going down this path, it always happens, as I said earlier, it always happens that Christians will be silenced as well. So we should want to We should want to fight for free speech. Now, I think we can do it sensitively. We need to do it reasonably. We don't need to get angry about it. But nevertheless, uh, it is a fight of faith, and this is part of it, in my opinion.
0: Well, and I like what you say about advocating free platforms or even supporting ones that are free now. I mean, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Spotify because, you know, they have been giving more freedom. You may have heard just recently Neil Young, the musician— basically said, uh, either Rogan goes or I go, out of Spotify. Hmm. And Spotify said, okay, see you later. <laughs> you know? yep. And so,
2: so he left. And so... Um, now, just before we go on, that you said that was Neil Young that said that, is that right? Yeah, yeah, Neil Young. The musician and singer, all that, right?
0: This just happened uh, yesterday, I think.
2: okay. I mean, it's amazing how much this is in the news, right? Like, I've wanted to do a podcast on this, and I had this schedule for quite some time, And but wow, it's like, here we are with it, um, front headline news um, in just the last few days in, in a variety of ways. Um, in the last week, too, I forgot to mention John MacArthur was uh, deplatformed for talking about LGBTQ. But anyway, um, going uh, back to this with Neil Young, saying that about Joe Rogan, again— is this America? Is this the country I grew up in? Are you kidding me? That you would call out one other person and say, that person should not be allowed to talk. Silence him. Take him off his Spotify. I mean, I'm sure just what I know of Joe Rogan, I'm sure he's saying like, well, aren't even if we disagree, aren't all voices welcome here? Like, what in the world is going on? And Neil Young is well over 50 years old. So it just surprises me, the Kool-Aid that he's drinking, like—and so many, too. I'm just—not just him, obviously. But it's like, yeah, censorship's a good idea. Let's silence these yahoos. Well, us, uh, fine and good, but they're going to come after you next, and you need to be prepared. All right. Okay, so there is something really— um, devious, sinister, deceptive that has gone on related to our uh, big tech social media platforms. Now, we might get upset on the level of why aren't they letting everybody talk? And their answer is because everybody was ready here in the last couple of years to line up and, and, and bring lawsuits against them because they're shutting people down. And how come it always seems to be people that I would say genuinely do want to follow the science and the data? They genuinely do have more conservative values with family and other things. How come they're always shutting that, that group down versus opening it up? And so, hey, litigation, let's go for it. Well, they they said, well, we're private. We can do whatever we want. And this is the topic I was referring to at the outset of this podcast. And so we all went home and said, you know what? They're private. They can't do everything we want. And Christians might have been disappointed, but you know what? You know, they're above the law and that's their prerogative and let's move on and just kind of shrug our shoulders, move on. And it should have not been that response by Christians. Christians should have really, really gotten concerned. And here's why. It starts to smell like, oh my gosh, there's something else that's gone on here. And I don't, I'm not talking about a human conspiracy. I'm talking about a conspiracy of Satan himself. So if we will dial back and look at what's happened over the last 15 years or so, since all these social media platforms have exploded and we learn to trust them, it actually seems to have the fingerprints of the father of lies all over it. And this is what's tricky for us as Christians. Don't think of human agents. Think of spiritual activity and spiritual battle. It's looking like Satan knew exactly how to do it within the United States Constitution, and legal system. So now, we're not just saying that Jack Dorsey, the president of Twitter, or Zuckerberg, the the CEO of Facebook. These guys are off the rails. Christians should have been immediately alarmed over all this, not because of that, but because the enemy, our adversary, figured out a way around this to silence us. So, you know, let's just, again— say, in broad terms, last 15 years, what's been going on in the spirit realm. Satan had to look at this, the father of lies, this is what he does, and the, he lies, and, and he put, propagates lies, he promotes lies. Obviously, he, there's many human agents that, that 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 are unwittingly advancing those lies. But nevertheless, this is how how, how spiritual warfare takes place. And he figured out that he could have... The vast majority of the population in America and the world trust in social media platforms only to let us post anything we wanted for about 10 years. And then he's like, I got him. I got, I got him. I hooked him. And now we're in the situation that we're in today. So rather than all of us going home, because uh, legally um, the big tech was above, above the law, what we should have done is gone back into our local churches in fasting, and prayer, and saying, "God, you see what's happening. You hear. You see how the First Amendment in the U.S. Constitution can easily be circumvented, um, undermined, etc." Now we go to prayer and fasting. And by the way, it's not only prayer and fasting, although that would be first step forward, but it would have been a, a, a need for a massive offensive by the church in America, also speaking the truth, continuing to speak the truth, and not allowing, <clears throat> not allowing. Um, the father of lies to dictate the narrative. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is, um, let's all step back and not just look at it from a purely humanistic, uh, the physical realm, what's going on here. But to me, it smells, it smells an awful, awful lot like the enemy. And yes, the enemy does have 15-year plans. He plays the long game.
0: Yeah, I see it happening internationally, too, because I've just noticed in these different countries I've been to, India, Nepal, and Russia, the freedom is just disappearing like crazy as far as the freedom to share the gospel.
2: Well, like, how do you see see that? Like, it's actually ramping up more than it was?
0: More than it was. I mean, uh, in, in India, it's, it's, it's ramped up as far as, um, uh, you know, taking away rights of Christian groups. In Russia, they're extremely strict now of anyone who tries to share the gospel with anyone they paul has an anti-conversion law so in most places i've been to uh it it was getting worse and worse except ukraine and now look what's going to happen there
2: right um yeah uh again just just stunning in terms of uh the soviet aggression and i know i've mentioned this in the fall with you dave on this uh podcast, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it again. Um, The Soviet Union, what they did after the close of World War II, before World War II, but also in the Eastern Bloc states after World War II, they eradicated Christianity. Talk about censorship. And they also would uh, um, literally exterminate the lives of millions, and that's not an exaggeration, millions of people that were political dissenters. So it seems these two things often go hand in hand, the, the political dissent and also those people in power, um, I believe following the father of lies, um, that they also um, uh, need to eradicate uh Christianity, and in the Soviet Union's case, any religion, including Islam or any other spirituality, they had to have 100% allegiance to the state. In other words, the government, they had to have 100% allegiance. And these people are nasty, and they're serious about it. That's another reason we don't want to see America go down the path of totalitarianism, which again, Dave, you and I talked about last October. But the point being is that Taking free speech away is a primary step. I don't know if we could argue the key step, but maybe we could argue the key step of bringing in totalitarianism. There's so much at stake here. We need to wake up, especially within the church. But I'm also, um, I'm also saying that to all Americans.
0: Yeah, it kind of uh, makes me think of the USSR under Stalin when people were sent to the Gulag and they were first arrested. They were never almost, this is what Solzhenitsyn said, he said they were almost never told the charges against them, what they specifically did. You know, you've done something against the state, 10 years in the gulag. And now we're seeing that same spirit in, for, in social media, for example. People are deplatformed for misinformation, but they're never told what it is they said exactly.
1: You're not allowed to contest it.
0: Right. Right. They don't They don't want you to contest it because they really don't have that good of a case.
2: Right. Um, you know, what we're seeing here is the cultural living out in America of what happened in Isaiah 59. And if you really want to get, like, troubled in your spirit and actually to the point where you actually preach and do something on this topic, uh, fight for free speech, um, is that uh, Isaiah fifty nine. Uh, it, it talks about how Israel has is completely gone off the rails, and it's all to do with confusion because of lies. And the the whole chapter is is worth um, digesting, especially in the day and hour we find ourselves in America right now. But um, but let me read from Isaiah fifty nine, just verses fourteen and fifteen, because it kind of gets to the heart of this. It says, "Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far." away. So immediately here's Christians, we need to stand up for what's just, and we need to stand up for what's right. That's what justice and, and righteous is. And uh, it goes on to say, for this is happening because that, that justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away, because for truth has stumbled in the street. And that's what I see in America right now, the truth is stumbling in the streets. It's not, in other words, it's not getting traction. You, you have to sort through a lot of lies to find what's really going on in a number of the the uh, issues going on today. Uh, and uprightness cannot enter. So that's what the enemy's trying to do. I, I, I'm not saying who all of his human accomplices are unwittingly a part of his agenda, but I'm just saying that's what's happening in America is that uprightness cannot enter in. And then verse 15, yes, truth is lacking, and he who turns aside from evil makes himself a prey. So if you decide not to go down the evil, what we would call the, the predominant narrative on so many topics today that the mainstream media is pushing at us, if we choose not to go down that path, we make ourselves the prey we only need to ask this week to John MacArthur, the the pastor in Southern California. We only need we only need to ask Aaron Rodgers about becoming the prey, uh, which is just unbelievable that this has happened in America, whether it's a John MacArthur in the religious Christian realm or it's Aaron Rodgers as a pro athlete. Or we talked to Don Bangino. Dan Bangino. Um you know, in the political realm, it's like dissent is becoming more and more rare and more and more costly to dissent, and we're seeing this out as Z- Isaiah 59. And if—so if you have uh, the Holy Spirit, who's called the Spirit of Truth in, in John chapters 14 through 16, if you have any sense of Christian sense of right and wrong, as the, I just read righteousness and justice, any sense that the gospel is worth proclaiming to uh, the next generation in America, read Isaiah 59 and make sure that you're fighting for— um, uh, free speech, uh, because because this is what the enemy is trying to take away from us uh, r- right now. Well, Than, I know you're going to need to jump off here in a moment, and then Dave and I will wrap up. But, Than, what are you seeing in your generation related to this um, uh, uh, discussion of free speech and the need for free speech?
1: Yeah, so in my generation, at least, uh, I've seen a lot of people. A lot of people's eyes have been opened to the issue that's going on. And I have friends of mine that are liberals. I have friends of mine that are atheists. I have friends of mine that are Muslims. I have friends of mine that are conservative. I have friends in all sorts of spaces, right? And um, the one thing I've noticed is as time continues to go on, it doesn't really matter where you are. Um, most people are starting to open up their eyes and they're starting to realize like, no, we need to protect each other's rights because there is this, we got to censor these people, we got to deplatform these people issue that's going on. And people are craving, at least in my generation, um, that rational discourse. People are craving to fight for their freedoms, to share their ideas openly. Um, even if things get heated, right, they're, they're still, they still want that. So hmm. at, at least that's an encouragement to me.
2: That is awesome. And, and that's the America I grew up in. Hopefully your generation will help bring us back on track. And I don't know, if I think about the church speaking out in your generation, then it gives me hope. So anyway, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.
1: Catch you guys later. Thank you so much.
2: All right, Dave. So... I want to read a section out of this uh, book, Live Not by Lies. It's so interesting because this couple, they uh, immigrated to the United States, get this, just in 2019, okay? But they lived in the Ukraine under that Soviet rule, and they have just some great, great insights. So so let me just— uh, read a little bit. It says here that Vladimir—and I'm not going to get this last name right—Grigorenko, uh, Greg, Greg, I'll say, and Olga Rasunova, husband and wife, immigrated from Ukraine to the United States and now live in Texas. They tell me if you grow up in a culture of lies as they did, you don't know that life could be any other way. The general culture taught you to double-think, says Gorenko. Well, Here's the thing. I'm not going to read all, all what's coming, but the, they were told topics that were actually interesting in school. They they could write about, but they could only write about with the the predominant narrative that the government wanted you to say. Okay, but then so they they have this example and the double thing, and then he jumps into America since they live here now, and uh, he says that um, that he's concerned about younger Americans because of of uh, you know free speech that that that. Ge- guaranteed in our Constitution that, that, that that's waning with at least some people in the younger generation. And I'm not exactly sure the demographic he's going after here, because obviously, Than, what he just shared, he's encouraged by what's going on in his generation, What I'm thinking of is the younger generation. But anyway, uh, probably both are going on to some degree. And he goes on to say, uh, it's important that that the younger generation in America does not grow indifferent or even hostile to free speech. It's It's suicidal for... A people. Um, and he says, what's interesting about being in America versus the, the under Soviet rule is that they didn't have laws to protect them over there. But here we do. He says, we don't need to invent anything new, meaning new laws or whatever. He says, we just need to have the courage to protect what we already have here in America. You know, so talk about You know, fighting for free speech. Um, He's just saying we have the law on our side, but will we be vocal and uh, and courageous about it? He goes on to say, defending the right to speak and write freely, even when it costs you something, is the duty of every free person. And uh, and it goes on from there. So it's interesting that you have people like this in you know Rod Dreher's book, "Live Not by Lies." You have people that. Actually, see in America, people who have experienced um, living in cultures of lies, uh, people that have been under totalitarianism, seeing those very things growing here, and how important it is that we hold on to our our, our free speech rights.
0: Yeah, I have a friend uh, who immigrated from Eastern Europe, and and I found that he was in agreement with me on these on these issues, and he basically said, "Yeah, I saw this all happen over there."
2: Hmm. Wow, I feel that, um, especially in the church, you know, so many of our churches we're not addressing this. That that we're going to fall into this. It's going to be too late by the time we wait, we wake up. And so we need to battle now and and again. Kind of uh, just gleaning from Rod Dreher, he he in every chapter of that book, he talks about how we need to see and how then how we need to judge what we're seeing and then how we need to act. And I think that's so practical, helpful for us. Um, here in light of where we're at right now I, I, on this issue, but probably other issues as well. And that is, he Dre talks about, see, like, what's actually going on. Don't dismiss it. Become discerning and actually see what's unfolding in culture. Like, it should catch everybody's attention that somebody like Joe Rogan is being attacked for letting uh, any voice out uh, versus being supported uh, on that. We should be— uh, It should catch our attention that Dr. Fauci went against 60,000 medical professionals, and you hardly hear that on the news. That should catch our attention. We should understand when people are de-platforming and how Satan is into it. So, you know, he's behind the scenes working on things like that. So my point is, building off of Rod Dreher, we see it. Then he's very clear— be in a small group and discuss what, we're, what you're seeing. And I don't mean that in Dre or doesn't either, like in a secular sense, like, hey, let's get together and talk about it over coffee, but let's meet in small groups with our faith and with the Bible informing us. How can this make a difference in our families? What can we say over here? And then and digest it to really get a handle on, on the issue. And so we see it, we judge it, in other words, we weigh it, we analyze it, we discuss it. And then third is act. We actually say things. And that would certainly include, in my opinion, that would include in our small group Bible studies that we we ho- hold each other accountable. It, it would include uh, church services, where whether it's adult Sunday school classes or during the sermon. Um, these things are the huge tectonic plates that are shifting in America right now, and they're and they're all all of this is addressed in the Bible, as we've already highlighted here in this podcast, and we need to be addressing it. So I love that the see, the judge, the act, and I think there's other things too that we can be doing uh, as as Christians.
0: Yeah, we need to speak out because um, otherwise people just don't know. They, they, you know I I um, have a number of friends who I slowly discovered were agreeing with me on on these things, but they only because I kind of talk with them one on one did it come out they they weren't really speaking out so much
2: you know so like let us just say this whether we're talking to christians or non-christians because this everybody needs to be influenced toward free speech everybody should have that right and um you know so i just think of like asking questions to people very practical, like like just saying to somebody, hey, are you aware what Aaron Rodgers has been through recently, or if it's a Christian, what John MacArthur has, or uh, many, many, many examples. Uh, again, Dan Bongino, I mean, there's so many articles we didn't even touch on today, but are you aware of that? And just asking, well, you know, a lot of people just say, no, I've, I didn't realize that that free speech was being undermined, and just explaining to Christians in a Christian way and to non-Christians in a way they can understand, but explaining what's at stake, um, you know, it's really a fundamental right in our constitution uh, that's being eroded, undermined, and if they can gain momentum, they're going to take it away completely. And helping people understand and and Dave, what you just said was key. One-on-one conversations. And what I'm trying to, I'm just trying to fill that in a little bit with just ask some questions. Uh, do people understand what's going on and why it why it matters?
0: Yeah, I um I found that. I make more progress with one-on-one than I do just kind of trying to uh, broadcast, well, partially because of media censorship, which we already talked about, but uh, being able to talk one-on-one, sometimes you make a little more progress than than, uh, trying to speak out, uh, for example, in social media. Right. Actually, many people I've noticed who I know who were censored in social media we have kind of retreated, not retreated, but but also moved over to places like Telegram, where we're all still sharing information one-on-one. So it's still going on. We have to keep keep speaking out in different ways.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and And I think one other thing is to help people realize the seismic shift that's happened in America. Like we just briefly touched on a few things like, wow, I can't believe that Neil Young said that about Joe Rogan. I mean, it's just like, is this, is this the air we're breathing now? But just help people see this is not how we were just um, right. just a few decades ago. Um, even, I want to say, two to three decades ago, we certainly weren't like we're right now. And it, it's like the, It's a, a lot of it does come back to cancel culture and silencing people in just a whole host of different ways. And, and again, I just want to, I think, say in closing that this is what the father of lies wants. He tries to deceive entire nations according to Revelation chapter 20, verse 3. That's his, that's, uh, his M.O. And, and when we uh, don't allow every voice and let the truth rise to the top and let people decide for themselves, we are actually playing into the hands of our, our ultimate adversary— and, uh, yeah, the way
0: the enemy works is he wants his lies to be said, and no other discussion to be had. And you'll you'll find that uh, even in the Bible, where people were told to be silent and not to speak out in the name of Jesus, and so on.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. It- it's like the enemy knows he cannot win a fair fight. The truth will always prevail. So he has to come up with these national strategies um, that unfortunately he has been fairly effective at here in recent years in America, but let's just not limit there. This is truly a global strategy. Um, and if I can go full circle as we close here, Dave, Dr. Malone even talks about that, that the, every continent, they're reading off the same playbook and that should, that should alert us a, as well. So, Anyway, Dave Brody, thank you, as always, for adding uh, all your uh, insights here, uh, right here on Insights, and just grateful— for your voice and for Than as well. And thank you for joining us. And remember, you can find us at Spotify as well as uh, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. If you are watching at YouTube or listening at YouTube, please uh, hit subscribe, like, make a comment. Uh, We love to hear all that, but YouTube also loves that and will push our content out to more people. So anyway, please remember that. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we as Christians must fight for free speech.